people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. <laughs> Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fan. Listen up, That's not true. Ben Costa is very fragile. <laughs> <laughs> this is his older brother, and this is what happens. Uh, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting Wednesday, May 14th. So again, not responsible for any news that breaks on Thursday, <laughs> May 15th. will. Not being on this podcast when you listen to it on Friday, May 16th. We're old-timey news. <laughs> We're podcasting from... Uh, this is sort of like John Oliver's uh, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday night, night thing. If it happens, we'll Sometime cover it on week. Sunday. <laughs> so, uh, Except if it happens on Sunday. Sunday, then we might, unless it's at 11.30, in which yeah. case it's too late. And anyway, we are podcasting from the Brett Cave, not from Seven Stars Bar and Grill, though we love them. Uh, we just wanted to be uh, in a quieter place tonight. Because we're in a quieter mood. No, anyway. Uh, it was my request. It was it was Rick's request. And so he, he's surrounded by the things he loves. And uh, speaking of things... Tylenol. We, and say, there we go. <laughs> speaking of things we love, I'm a man in Los Angeles. I'm Dave Costa. And, of course, across me, hosting us at the Brett Cave. Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. So uh, we've got some comics news, some movies. You know, really, let's be honest. We'll say up front, yes, this is probably the biggest week in... Comics-related television history ever. Yeah. Ever. And uh, so we get to talk about that. We will talk about it. But, of course, first we do have an order in his comics. we got some movies, uh, stuff to talk about, and then we're just going to completely gush over television. We're going to start with comics by uh, I'm going to call this meeting to order of the Futures End Support <laughs> Group. That's right. Uh, if you feel that you walked into the comic book shop today and you saw Future's End. And show me the cover, Rick, because you, you you unfortunately bought it. It's god-awful. Can You you know what that is? That It is god-awful. I didn't even find find that. It's, it's the arrow. It's, it's an arrow. arrowhead. It's but an it, arrowhead for I, green it, arrow. I didn't see that right away. But it looks like a skull. It's yeah. meant to look like a skull. Yep. And uh, basically, um, you know, it's supposed the to... The blood swatches are... Oh, are different characters that and I that's just not don't, at all obvious either. And I just don't care. It's kind of a metaphor for this whole book. It, it's poorly done, and uh, you know, I didn't. I, I had forgotten that Greg Rucka was scheduled to be one of the of the architects of it, and then he walked off. He was so disgusted with all the editorial changes. Yeah. That he, I don't know why Greg Rucka keeps trying to give DC a second chance, and they're just not treating him right. But maybe you, we can try to interview him about it at Big Wild. Comic. That'd be great if you yeah. instinctively go in and buy a crossover, as often I do. And, you know, for years... you figure it's going to be earth-shattering and affect everything you love. Except that there's nothing left I love in the <laughs> DC universe. Although, I do want to say this. I, I, you know, we, we ran uh, a review today from Earth 2 Comics from Chris Kohler, whose opinion I have found we, we very much, we tend to agree. Like, if he's recommended a book to me and I pick it up, I go, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, 
Uh, he recommended the Jeff Lemire's run now on Green Arrow, saying the first three volumes uh, of, of counting, you know, in trades of the night of the new Fifty Two Green Arrow, really aren't great. But because they left a clean slate and Jeff Lemire came in and kind of basically started it over, that's actually become very readable. So Green Arrow, not only is it their flagship television show, he called it the best of the new Fifty Two now. But it took two years to get there. Yeah. So I might pick up Volume Four and see. And and that makes sense to me why Green Arrow seems to be so prevalent, so front and center in Future's End, and also um, they're going to do an Earth Two one called Earth's End. It's kind of front and center, but spoilers. No, no I well I know because it it ended. No, uh, number one ended with uh, them killing him. Yeah, yeah, but but why he's so crucial to it is because right now he is their flag. You know, he to. Um, Everybody but Warner Brothers movie division, he's the character most people seem interested in. So I'm I, I, I find that interesting and I want to check that out, but I'm trying to resist Future's End, Earth's End, and uh well Batman Eternal's been okay so far. Um and they're all going to Batman Eternal's been very good. And they're I've they're they're part. all going to end at the same time. Future's end. We're here to help. We want you to not have to buy this crossover. We don't know what's happening in it either, but you know what? I know what's happening so far. It's not going to matter. Yeah. It's just not going to matter. No, the DC Universe is not going to end with Brother Eye winning and turning everyone to robots. Or with Brainiac winning and turning everyone into... I'm sorry, that was DC Universe Online. Right. Same plot. Um, With... With uh, a character sent back who has a, a disembodied voice in his head. I'm sorry, that was 52 with Booster Gold and Skeets. Yes. Um, so a character coming back in time to prevent to prevent his future from happening. I'm oh, sorry, that was Peter Armageddon. Pride. That was Armageddon 2001, as well as Days of Future Past. <laughs> so you know, oh, at least Days of Future Past is ripping off a well-known plot line that's going to be made into a major movie this summer, but not by Warner Brothers. So uh, isn't that uh, the Beast with five fingers. The what? <laughs> no. Rod Serling's uh, <laughs> what? Twilight Zone episode. No. Anyway, written by Harlan Ellison. Uh, the point is, oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's Demon with a Glass Demon Hand. Demon with a Glass Hand. That's, that's the Terminator. Oh, that's right. That's where that one. That that but one. Is kind of the same. I know. It, you're right. I which actually all these jokes made last week in my review for <laughs> for Future Send number one, and yet I still walked into the store this week and went. Do I need to get future send number two? I was stronger. I, I resisted because I knew that I'd come here to this table. So I want all of you who are listeners and the few of you who are christeners, Repeat even when Chris Garcia is free yourselves. I can choose to read what I want to choose. I am not a slave to repetitious events. If it doesn't make sense, it's not my fault. I want good storytelling. Yeah. Hey, you know what weekly series is pretty good? Batman what? Eternal. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rick just uh, echoed that as well. But, so, but I I do appreciate the fact that Future End Future's End does highlight all, almost uniformly all the books I don't regularly read. Makes it easy, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. They I, Stormwatch was in it for a second, and then they were blown up, and. Uh, well, and there's a reason for that because this highlighting all care, with the exception of Green Arrow being front and center, being front and center and dead. Yeah, these are all characters whose books floundered and are get are scheduled for cancellation. Yeah, it's Grifters in there as well, a front and center, and, yeah. and they're trying to 
recapture the magic of 52 weeks, which they're not going to do right. because the writers of 52 weeks was like an all-star team. Yeah. And well, 52 this, weeks actually worked. You have Brian Azzarello. I mean, you have Brian Azzarello. You have Keith, Keith Giffen, Giffen. There's somebody else in there that's... Dan Jurgens, Dan Jurgens, and Jeff Lemire. I, I, I do. I'm not going to slag no. on any of the talent involved. It's just that I don't believe that any of the talent involved is going to actually have the choice to write the good story they want to tell. They don't yeah. have the freedom. That's not what... That's not what. To some extent, Marvel's not about that either, but Marvel's better at fooling me. Which which because I managed to resist Secret Invasion, I I resisted most of Civil War, almost all those crossovers like and dark whatever Dark Force Heroes Age and you know yeah. anything that was dark that, rain uh, Age of dark heroes. rain dark rain Age of Heroes. I mean, I was just able to go like, well, if I like a character, I'll buy that. But now, if Marvel had been as good then as they are for me right now. Oh, I'd have become a Marvel zombie like a decade ago. Is said, when, when, when the hell did that happen? Yeah. As as opposed as I can pinpoint it right now, Marvel now actually worked. It made me jump on. New Fifty Two just still does not. So we resist. Let us play early because I don't really have a lot in the way of news. We've got a big thing happening this week. You know, with Big Wow, we're very excited about that. There's some uh, stellar talent coming to San Jose for that. Uh, Neil Adams will be there. Uh, and uh, and and Greg Rucka will be there. Frank Charlie Adlard. Charlie Adlard, the guy. Norm who, Rapmund. the guy who played Thanos in Avengers, uh, is going to be there. Can we go see Godzilla with him? No, you're going to go see Godzilla with Godzilla. I'm still very. I should. I, I should text and see if I can get my copy of Ultra Ultraman DVDs. Uh, sent with my son this weekend so that I can get that signed by the guy who was in the Ultraman suit. Um, I don't know why it would really matter to me, but it it strangely does. So, um, you know, there's exciting stuff. And most important to me, we get to see Nate Costa face-to-face in San Jose again. We're going to go to dinner. All will be right with the world. Um, We'll go to dinner someplace cheap because I I will have Luke. Johnny Rockets. (laughs) Ooh! Or uh, great hot dogs and hamburgers. Well, there's that new. There's a new burger place that's uh, original Joe's there. cheap. No, no, original Joe's isn't cheap. But you can you get three meals out of one dish. What about uh? Some, no, what if we I'm go fat. over to the San Pedro Square Market? Oh, that would be a thought. That's a good one. Or we could go to Cafe Stretch. I've been there and done that. Okay, you. I'm down with Johnny Rockets though. <laughs> yeah. I so, think I think Luke would have a good time at Johnny Rockets. So do you want to start? You yeah, you, got, you got your books I've this got my week, books. so I've you got should my start. Books. Okay. Hold on, we haven't. What, what is this? It's yes, right it there. What's in Nate? the bag? Okay. The first thing I'm going to talk about because I know it's going to spark more conversation uh, is the Doomed event. Superman Doomed. I have two or three chapters in my stack this week. I've not yet uh, not yet read it, but it I've did, read them. But it did lure me back into. Uh, buying Superman Wonder Woman because it crossed over. And the problem with the Superman books is some I enjoy, some I do not. And if you have a crossover, then I'm stuck. I need a support group for Doomed. But I did successfully avoid the one shot that is just Doomsday. So tell me, Rick, is there anything in that one shot that I desperately need to know in order to enjoy the rest of Doomed? Hard to tell right now, but it... It may or may not be about Doomsday. 
I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil it for you, but the the idea that um, this event is about a long battle between Superman and Doomsday mm-hmm. may be a dodge, um, because of something that happens in the one shot that mm-hmm. came out this week. Uh, I've been reading. Super, I I just recently caught up on the like the last five issues of Superman Wonder Woman. Which, which for the last couple of issues of that was leading into this event. Okay. So there were a couple of, um, a couple of kind of disturbing things because there had been this thing with Zod and the Phantom Zone, and Doomsday made an appearance. Um, Doomsday was apparently in the Phantom Zone, and they, the people in the Phantom Zone had engineered it so they could push him out for a short period of time before he went back in. I recall you talking about this. I don't know if it was on the podcast or if we were just having the conversation. Yeah, I can't remember either. But the idea, but so there went over a couple of issues. Isn't it nice to have friends that you could have that line blur? The, well, you just remember. Were we, we just we talking about, about comics? <laughs> Where were we? Were we at the beach? Um, is that why I have sand in my dress shirt pocket exactly. right now? Wow, that is a little. Um, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> the maybe it's your fabric softener. Oh no! So um, the one shot is interesting. There, there was one really awkward moment, and you have to reflect on this with in the light of Man of Steel, which has been showing on show on HBO like every forty five minutes this month um, or last month. I think it maybe they may be over their heavy rotation now. There, there's another movie they're doing every fifteen twenty minutes, but. Man of Steel. The big art. The big question was, who is the Superman who, for whom casual and wanton destruction yeah. doesn't raise a hackle on, and but he can finally twist the neck of of Zod and kill him. And in in this one, you've got a doomsday who basically takes out an island, and his body count is up there so high as to be ridiculous. And Kal El has to go back to metropolis get into his clark kent regalia go to the top of the daily planet to have a heart-to-heart with the chief where he has to put the whole thing in In perspective in in story he says i've got this story i'm working on but i think it might make me something i'm not if i go ahead and do it and he's he's basically talking to it's pa kent Right, he's he's using. That's Perry now. He, Perry is now Pa Kent. I mean, the, that he's trying to get permission to. to Which is, by the way, to kill. If I may say. say back to whoever made that decision, and I think that was unfortunately Grant Morrison, is, um, I really think that Superman does work better with Ma and Pa Kent alive. Yeah, yeah. Those moral compasses, um, you know, I'm, I, but that's, well. When we go back to old fifty two, here's here's the scene. All right, you you keep talking while I and so because... so he's he's got it. He he's trying to decide whether or not he can actually. Oh Jesus! And with, I hate this art. I'm sorry. Yeah, I um, didn't like the art at all. I actually the who is this so that I can? It's on the front cover. That would be easy. The Ken Lashley? Mm. No, it's just it's just overdone. I shouldn't yeah. say. Um, it's 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 competent, but it's over it's overwrought with line yeah. work and shadows, and I don't I hate that. I think the some of the figures are awkwardly drawn. Uh, yeah. Um. But the the uh, so you have this the, on one hand, you got obviously somebody you need to take out at all respects because it's a planetary, it's a planetary threat. Right. And then on the other hand, you've got um, you've got Superman who doesn't 
it's it's questionable whether or not he recognizes Doomsday in the issues that lead up to this. Right. Well, I think they may they may have changed the past. At one point in the New Fifty Two early right. times, they had said that yes, no, he had died. But they have certainly gone back and changed their mind about several events. And except the thing is, I'm not even sure. And Nate, maybe you can tell me better because I think you might have seen in Green Lantern. Did Hal Jordan ever become Parallax? Yeah, I don't know. Because Hal Jordan would only have become Parallax if Doomsday had killed Superman right. and Mongol had tried to take. To, this is why the new Fifty Two doesn't it's work. Horrible. Yep. Okay. So you also had there was in like this you need more Perry. Perry, I think it's Perry is. I think and maybe it may be in Future's End. Perry's talking about stories and the stories and about big stories and one of them is Superman dies, Superman alive lives, and you're going, well, when did that happen? Or are you just talking parenthetically, or was that just over a weekend, or you know, any number of times when we thought Superman was dead and we didn't actually have a, a burial with the body? All right, so let me ask, since it was I was the one who brought up Doomed as the as my point out in what's in the bag yeah. overall. Having read other chapters, are you enjoying the rest of it? Yeah, no. Uh, this was this was just awkward. This one shot was just awkward. The, one of the nice things about um, about Superman Wonder Woman is the discussion of them as being like kind of co-powered and equally powered, and the idea that he feels he needs to be Clark Kent as well, and she wants him not to be Clark Kent. There's there's some there's some right. depth to the characterizations there, and then when they face doomsday together um they they are rescuing each other and or they're working as as a pair as a duo um which has been good and to have a threat like doomsday where and i'm not going to spoil the 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 what's what they've discovered about him by the end of this but it's it's big it's big and has the potential if not dealt with expediently Mm -hmm. of being catastrophic so I think it's got it's got a potentially good storyline going on there, but the last panel makes me think that the doomsday part of it is a MacGuffin, that there is something else going on here. Okay, okay. And that in fact, I think that something else might be hinted at in Future's End if you look at the Superman character. Because the guy in the Superman outfit is wearing a helmet, and you can't see his face. Uh, and first I saw him, I thought, is that the Eradicator or whatever? But then I'm then I read Doomed. I go, oh, I think there might have been some kind of potential tie-in there. So, hmm. Hmm. all right, I'll take your word. Okay, so Nate, you want to go? Sure, I'll go. First in my bag is avengers number 29 which is a crossover with original sin and i actually texted you guys about this earlier i have the oh that's right yes on the very first page the recap page at the bottom yes no not the recap it's got previously in avengers in the recap then it has the big it's uh, a third page yeah third page the hickman credits page all the hickman books have this credits page it's easily yeah. missed editor's note the events of this issue take place after Original Sin number two. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Original Sin number one just came out just came out last week. Right. But Why I, did Avengers twenty nine come out today? If Avenger or if uh, Original Sin number two isn't going to come out for another month, probably. 
Well, I'm not sure. Is it coming out weekly or is it coming out? No, it's a seven. It's a monthly thing. It's a monthly thing. Okay. Please. This this is ridiculous. They can delay books for years due to whatever, but they can't delay Avengers number twenty nine a month because I'm not going to read it until after Original Sin number two anyway. Not so. Why do I care? Not to step on your ramp, but can I, I'll be a Marvel apologist, potential apologist for this for a second. It doesn't say don't read this until you've read it. It doesn't, but it does say the events take place after. But they may; these events may be chronologically different, but it, but not in not affecting this that that same storyline or or exposing right. anything you discover. I, I understand what you're saying, but it brings yeah. up a larger thing about original sin, which when it was just announced, it was like who killed the Watcher was an interesting mystery and i was mm-hmm. liking that but these crossovers is every group has an original sin has yep. some sort of thing that makes it ugly at its heart and it's like you know when like identity crisis i mean because marvel and dc rip each other off all the time identity crisis was to me the one that uh brad, this was brad Meltzer's gift to the dc universe yes before that was when he wrote his Green Arrow thing and he made the rev- revelation that Oliver had always known about Connor and just been a deadbeat dad. Mm. And, you know, there's a revelation that he had a baby picture of Connor with himself holding him and knew he had a son who he had ignored all his life. You know, then it goes, yeah, that's a subtext of like you now read every story. And I was like, okay, that was original. Um, that was a unique thing. And it's like, and it did sort of fit in Ollie's personality but it made things a little ugly. Yeah. Okay. And then Identity Crisis said, all right, they've wiped Batman's memory and Dr. Light's memory from this horrible thing that happened. Okay. Boom. And now, but now that every single Marvel title has to have some kind of original sin to go with it, it's like, no. If the Watcher discovered something that the Watcher wasn't supposed to be, make it one thing. Or... What is the implication of the Watcher being dead? Maybe. But yeah. you suddenly mean that no matter what book it is, there is just something in the bit. Like Spider-Man's original sin, as far as I can tell, is this, what are they calling the character, Silk? Um, that the spider went off and bit a second person, and we've never known about her until now. Oh. So, And, and that happened in Amazing Spider-Man number one, which I read couple weeks ago and thought yeah i that right, was great right, right. you didn't have to read superior spider-man right you could read amazing spider-man and want to get it and then he laid out what are the what are the fights he's going to have in the next like eight issues right and one of the things was the appearance of silk and i'm like okay i guess that's cool but why why are you going to tell me there's been this parallel narrative in every single damn book you know just for the sake of so that you can spin off another character Original Sin is coming in as a Trojan horse. It's another one of those summer crossovers yeah. that's designed to introduce 40 heroes we're not going to care about ever Remember again. when they did that with X-Men, like, over summer? They introduced oh, all yeah. these mutants. And, there and, was, we, and Blood Pack and uh, over at DC, like, those aliens that came from outer space. That oh, yeah. Were like, you know, oh. And, and, yeah. And not a, the only character that lasted out of that was Hitman. Because the right writer yeah. got a hold of it and made it interesting and unique and boy. And out of the storyline. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. if you read Hitman, it almost he almost never called attention to the powers that he had. Yeah. You know, it was like that was kind of out of the way. You know, it was a good, there was a good crossover with Resurrection Man. 
and Resurrection Man wasn't part of Blood Pack either. So it was like, yeah, there was not, you know, these crossovers almost never lead to characters that last. Right. Is it what what makes a character that lasts? A creator that gives a damn and has a good idea. Just right. let them have good ideas. Yeah, people. somebody who has a, has a spontaneous good idea, not somebody who says, "Well, let's introduce a whole bunch of new characters." Get on that character. Design. Right. I mean, when you look back at X Force, who would have thought that Deadpool was the character that everybody <laughs> was going to love more out of that? You right. know, he was a throwaway right. enemy. But you know, there was something about it that was an interesting idea that nobody else was doing. Yeah. Except maybe, as as I think we both pointed out, making a ma- making the hard R version of Ambush Bug, uh, you know. So that's that's who Deadpool is to me, which is probably why I enjoy reading Deadpool so much. <laughs> you know. Anyway, so that's that. I'm sorry, uh, Rick. Your yours. So my next one is Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. I can't believe I didn't pick that up after I, after I was like I posted all the art and I'm like Rick's gonna love this. Oh yeah, well, and yeah. then I didn't buy it. First off, let's talk about the title because that was the name of the one of the large black and white books. Right, that was, was the like magazine. Anthology, we have to call it the magazine. The magazine format that had like yeah. Sons of the Tiger in it, and I think it even had Iron Fist in it occasionally. Yeah, and, and Master Kung Fu. Yeah, of course. yeah. Um, so. There isn't a book that I've bought in the last couple of months that I wanted to love more than this because I loved Master of Kung Fu from from the Marvel Spotlight. No, I stuff know you are the right age. I mean, and I, and I don't mean that to be. No, I was. I you was, are the right age. I was able to drive at that time, so I was able to go see all those Kung Fu movies yeah, in yeah. the theaters. There's so much more into like, Kung Fu than it I. It was am, just. You know? It was just, and that that magazine came out, and the yeah. the magazine itself had articles on the movies as well. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing about that magazine was you had some, you had Jim Starlin, mm-hmm. you had Paul Glacey, um, beautiful art, incredibly intricate backgrounds, um, bigger than bigger than life villains yeah. and layers and stuff. So my bar for a Shang Chi story is pretty high, and the characters too, like Liko Wu was seductive and mm-hmm, willowy, mm-hmm. and the Paul Galassi and those high yeah. heeled boots, and Blackjack Tar, who started off as a villain and was a, was an MI six agent, um, and this is such a muddled mess of a book that I just want to cry. Then thank you for telling me that, so that I wouldn't have gone back I and mean, bought that. It, it starts off with with a. Um, a running down of someone who looks as much like Liko Wu as you do. That's Liko Wu in the beginning. I I don't know who Liko Wu is. She was the femme but the way, fatale but the way you're girlfriend talking, of the uh, way you're talking about her. I'm I'm a little worried about the way you're looking at me now. Okay, um, and then uh, you had uh, um, what was his name? The guy with the blade for fists. Um, <laughs> I admit I don't know. He's on the page three of that one, but you you have a lot of the right characters in this, but the the backgrounds and the drawing is just limp, and the storyline is basically walking around, talking to people, um, going on plane flights, going to a funeral, bearing a sword with. You know, it should be shocking that Liko Wu dies in the first part of this book. It's gonna it sets up the revenge mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. for Shang Chi, but he's not. You don't even get any sense that he cares. Anything he's like, it's like he's doing this for honor's sake, and that's it. Um, there's a Captain America, there's a short bit with Captain America where 
Shang Chi says, "I'm going off. I'm not doing this as Avenger. I'm just going to say goodbye to a friend." And um, I, you know, I will probably buy it. Because I know, I know. And it looks like Misty Knight's coming in the next issue. Yeah. And I do want to say that Tan Tan Eng Huat, who was an artist I first I first encountered yeah. in one of DC's revival early revivals of Doom Patrol, and I thought his art was quirky. It was interesting. Talk about the over lines and shadows. Yeah. But because I know that's always been style, he was one of the first ones to do it. Yeah. That I don't mind it with him. And I think that this is probably the most controlled and best layout. But here you of, have six panels of the same character, and that face doesn't look the same in any two yeah. panels. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I, I do. And uh, so, okay, Rick's disappointed in Disappointed, that. thrilled, and disappointed. Okay, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. So this is still Marvel. Um Brian Michael Bendis and Michael a- Avon Emming, who uh, did uh, Powers, uh, have got this new uh, new book, um, The United States of Murder Incorporated. Hmm. So going back to, I'm going to, I have not had a chance to read it, but I do believe uh, Bendis truly is still at his best. Though I've, I've come to really like his superhero work. Crime, because he started out as a crime reporter in Cleveland, is that's what he does best. He really, really does hard crime stories really well. And so I'm really looking forward to reading this book. I have not had a chance to do anything other than go, oh, they put it in my stack. Thank you. It really does look like a Powers book. It's got. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's meant to. And it's the creator's powers. And it's meant to confuse you. And I have no doubt (laughs) that's why it got put in my bag. Yeah. In my box, rather. Um, But that's okay because I have been a big fan of Ben's from the beginning of Jinx and. and, goldfish aka goldfish and uh corso and i i just think you know i'm really looking forward to this so there you go nate second book for you walking dead number 127 a new beginning so all out war ended at the end of 126 and we pick up looks to be a few months later Mm -hmm. rick's got a shaggy beard, long hair. I shaved. Walking oh. with a... <laughs> oh, it must be date night. we got to get out of here. He's got a cane because uh, in the fight in 126, he broke his leg. And he picked up a... What's it called? A fake arm to wear. A prosthetic? There you go. A prosthetic arm. So he's got like a hook hand. Uh, and so it's kind of basically this is a really good jumping on point for those of you that like buzzwords like jumping on point. Uh, well, it's ba- I, I mean they're pretty much starting. I usually look for the jumping off points these days. Yeah, but 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 you know don't mock it because there's a lot of people who enjoy Walking Dead and they go, right, oh, right, but right, it's right. so overwhelming. So you say, oh, this giant, you know that's. Although I, my guess is, and they still have no way of tracking this, but. My guess is that if you're watching The Walking Dead and you like that and you walk in, it's so easy to get a trade paperback or an omnibus, mm-hmm. you know, that I think people really are going and reading from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, actually, one of the uh, letter, the letters in the back was, uh, oh, you know, I just watched the season four finale and went out and bought all of the comics and just finished them. So, I mean, I'm sure they didn't buy the comics. They bought the trades. Yeah. But uh, they caught up in like a weekend and wrote in a letter. There you go. So, yeah, it looks like people are doing that for sure. And they should. Just like you should, Derek. What? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, we're a, we're at like 250 or 300 comic books stacked up in my room that I haven't read that are of series that I think I want to buy. <laughs> you know, so um, I enjoyed Walking Dead. I think it's a good book. I just didn't. It's not. You know, sorry. Okay, enough of my simpering, Rick. So my last, the subject. My last me. one is Royals Masters of War, which I've mentioned before. No, it's, only, it's up to issue four. No, I was saying, isn't it only your second one? Uh, no, this is... I've, oh, I oh I skipped over Nate. Okay, I've only done two. All right, go. This is your third. This is my third. Yes. Yeah, you, you skipped yourself, actually. I did. I skipped myself. I do that. Um, so, I give and I give. I, I, I'm enjoying this series a lot. Basically, the premise of it is that during World War II, we find out that all the royal families of all the nations around the world are composed of people who have superheroes, who, superpowers, but who all pledge to stay out of the petty wars between each other and keep their powers secret until Britain decides to break the pact and go in. In World War II. In World War II. And so Japan is involved and Germany's involved, of course. And so we're now we're getting the fight fighting of the superpowers. But look through this book. The art. I, I love the cover. The, I'm just going to say it right now. And I this is one of those cover. where the cover and the interior art match up as far as the quality and, and the stamina of, of the artist. It's, it's reminding a lot of the um, the Captain Britain um, artist. Uh, is it Alan Davis. Alan Davis, yeah. Um, but a little bit more. Uh, the inking is smoother, and it's also yeah. the coloring. The coloring. There's of, a there's a picture of of Churchill in there that is just uh, it almost photorealistic. This so. guy J D Mettler. Oh yeah, I see. What you're and it's Gary Erskine is the inker I've loved, and a penciler I love. Yeah. But uh, there's I, the Churchill I, picture. I, yeah, I, see, I yeah. see that as well, and I'll, I'll go with that. I, but I gotta say this. Uh, the coloring is amazing. Yes, yeah. this is subtle. It's a beautiful book. This is nice, and the storyline's great. And it's two ninety nine. And it's going to be a great trade paperback for me because yeah. that's how little I spend. Yep. Um, but that's all right. That so Royals Master right. of War, pick it up. It's uh, four. Uh, this is issue four out of six. So the trade, you know, another six months or so you have the trade. Um, but yeah, well, I'll bet September. I'll, yeah, I'll, possibly they've been they've been pushing. Yeah. Okay, so my last uh, my last will be um, from Image. I rarely do this uh, from Image, but just because this caught my eye, I've read some of these web comics uh, from Emerald City. Uh, Tales from the Con by two of my favorite cartoonists. Oh, yes. Brad Brad Gigar, who does uh, Evil Incorporated, which is just the best damn web. Uh, one of my favorite web, web comics, um, and I wish I buy the trade paperbacks every year at Comic Con. I give him you know, my money directly. And uh, Chris Giorusso. Friend of the program, Chris Jerusso. Oh, uh, and what did Chris, when was he friend? Was he friend of Nate? Did you interview him? And I just don't remember because I've never met him. Yes, we've interviewed him okay. a few times. The royal we, <laughs> Prince Nate. Um, so this is largely made up of. It's you got know, a nice uh, tales from the crypt uh, homage oh, by yeah, way yeah, no, by I, way of Archie. Yeah, and everything yeah. is, and it's all just jokes based on, and, and they were most, and you can tell even here. They're 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 not unconnected. Just these are the experiences of, yeah. that, that they had at the con. So um, someone who journaled everything, and then someone journaled it and turned it into a comic strip. And and you know, so I'm really pleased to see this uh, this being collected and for people to to get in a nice in a nice copy. I, I don't know if there's enough to say that there's going to be a second issue. Uh, but oh, there's an advertisement for G-Man and for Evil Incorporated in the back, and I, I which oh. I recommend Evil Incorporated very much. It's and that's a web comic. It's a web comic, but he has uh, books, 
collections okay. of it, which I think he's going to he's starting to go in color. And the plot of Evil Incorporated is that uh, all the supervillains banded together and formed a corporation because you know that corporations were evil anyway, <laughs> and so the superheroes don't know how to fight corporate crime. And so they, you know, they they rent out their superpowers and so forth. And then, what is, what is the problems of a, of an infrastructure in a corporation where everyone is actually a supervillain trying to outdo each, you know, everyone else? So the accountants are all, of course, the vampires. You know, they're all the bloodsuckers. Oh, okay. And you know, so some of the jokes are more obvious. And then one of the guys is like, well, the guy that started it is like, well, I kind of want to retire. And you know, like, is it strip wise or is it's there is it an archive arc it's, story? It arcs, it arcs, but it's but it was done in daily strips, so it's a continuing. So my, maybe like Tales of the Stick, uh, kind of. I don't. I've never read Tales of the Stick, or, but yeah. but it's a very clear oh, no, narrative. Uh, and he does have. If you go on, Order of the stick. if you go with the archives, the archives are very clearly labeled. Like this is the storyline. Okay. This is the this is the arc here. Get that so you can go back to the beginning and see. And then what happens when you know there's the kind of the Romeo and Juliet thing when a superhero and a, and a supervillain are. You know, uh, family is opposed. Family, you know, and so it's a, uh, it's a, it's a very fun, fun series, and uh, I'm so looking forward to reading this book. So, so did you say you did follow it online, the Tales from the Con, or no? I read sporadically Tales from the Con. Yeah, I set up a Google uh, alert, and it never worked properly. Ah, so yeah, that was my problem. I saw it occasionally. Uh, Brad, I'm, we're friends on Facebook, and he was he was posting them occasionally. Yeah, and when, Chris you're, de- did and too. when you're depending on on Facebook to put stuff in your feed, you can't do. Yeah, that. you have their trick exactly. Which I want to think I haven't read the the tw- the thing you posted on the Fanboy Planet page, but about, yeah. about about Facebook. But I need to go in there and check it. I'm learning more and more tricks about social media all the time. But one of the things there is, yeah, I got to read that article and find out what I can do to. So uh, it's noteworthy. This was a huge week. I had 27 books this week. <laughs> I spent more than I wanted to. Yeah, your, your pile looks bigger than mine. My pile's big. Yep. And I don't even know which ones did of these you, I like anymore. Derek, did you fall? Did you read G-Man? No. Russo book? No, I didn't. I've well, read. Too. I've read G-Man before. I do think it's a it's a fun, it's a fun book, but I've but I have not been a, a a loyal fan of it. I just like his work. So we should move on to movies. We should. Did you ever see the uh, sketch I had him do? Yes, I do recall that. A dead Johnny Storm on the cover of Fantastic Four. <laughs> yes, because it's not real. He died from having water poured on him. Did you see the you know, the robot? Did you watch the Robot Chicken DC Supervillain special? No, I didn't. Yes. Part two. They they so at one point the Legion of Doom headquarters is about to like take off and all the villains are mad. Like what? We could have moved this. We come to a swamp and you could have this anywhere. <laughs> but underneath it is Swamp Thing gathering like the animals are going. He's going, thank you, my friends, because this cannot send these villains. And then the thing takes off and burns Swamp Thing, and it goes. It was the commercial break. He's on fire, and it goes into an issue of Swamp Thing. Goes final issue. Swamp Thing dies, and then you come back from commercial break, and it goes. Swamp Thing number one, the all new Swamp Thing number one, and he's in a robe smoking with the pipe, and he goes back and better than ever. You know, but both say collector's item. Yes. So I was like, oh, nice. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, that was fun. And let's go to movies. We got, because there's a couple cats, some big news. I mean, it had been rumored for a long time, but it was finally confirmed this week at the X Men Days of Future Past premiere in London. Why, why we no longer get these things, I don't know. 
Um, That's why we can't have good things. We can't have nice things because the world has taken over. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Lauren Schuler Donner, producer of the X Flicks, uh, is in love with Channing Tatum, and she was. Uh, they caught her doodling on a notebook. Channing plus Lauren. Why don't you marry her? Yeah, uh, because she's married to Richard Donner, and that's a better better match. Uh, and Channing Tatum is married and has kids. He's good. Um, but Channing Tatum is going to take over the role of Gambit. I say take over because it the, because Gambit did appear there, yeah. in the films before played by Taylor Kitsch. Well done, too. In X-Men. You know, I hated that they, I felt like they shoehorned Gambit in, yeah. but I have no issue with the way Taylor right. Kitsch did it. But the problem is Taylor Kitsch was in Battleship. I'm not going to talk about John Carter because, like, a hundred years from now, they're going to everybody's going to remember John Carter was a good movie. Yeah, you know, they're going to. It's like Flash Gordon. Everybody what was wrong about, with those 21st century people? No, it's going to be. It's. I give it five years. In five years, everybody's going to discover John Carter and go, "Oh, that was interesting." You know, that's yeah. actually a really good. Oh, I don't know why. It's like Ishtar. Ishtar's funny as hell. You know, and and people people discover that. So, um, anyway, Channing Tatum is a hotter actor as far as the box office is concerned. Yeah. So I put it as a question mark in the headline because I'm practicing with clickbait. But the reality is, and then I've seen our articles this week exactly following up what I said, was that Brian Singer said he wants Gambit to be in Apocalypse, maybe, but Fox is more interested because the other thing is, you know, these X-Men movies have not been the blockbusters the others have been. Right. And the, the other franchises. So... They're more interested in seeing because, uh, by the way, Wolverine, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman said Apocalypse, either Apocalypse or uh, if they make a third Wolverine, that's the last time for him. He's definitely, and I think he's right, you know. Tired of working out. Well, but also, if Wolverine doesn't age, he can't hold that up much longer. It's it's time to pass over someone else. So they're saying, so they want to see if Gambit might be that character that can become the solo film franchise. They've also got Mystique because they're saying Jennifer Lawrence. They boy, do they luck out with that? They catch Jennifer Lawrence is like this. Yeah. Oh, she's up and coming, and now it's like too many Christmas. Everybody loves Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence. Like- so if they don't give Mystique a solo film, there are, there are studio executives who would get fired for not green lighting that. You know, yeah. so you know you're going to get a Mystique solo film. Um, and so they want to see Channing Tatum. I don't think it's a bad choice. No. Um, I did not like him when he first burst onto the scene, but I he's think got his own mythology too, and it's it's a Gambit. It's a cool I think one. I think Gambit works solo. I'm just saying, Channing, Channing Tatum New is Orleans, an actor. The the thief yeah. skill. We're talking know. about two different things, two different aspects. I'm saying Channing Tatum as an actor, yeah. is not a bad choice. And I'm I'm just saying, if no, and I, the Gambit storyline is. A, is a I've always felt that Gambit worked better in the solo stories. Yeah. They don't apparently sell well for long. They sell well enough when she once again. A creator has an interesting idea mm-hmm. to tell one story, and then yeah. and then they get locked into, oh, it's an ongoing. Let's see how long we keep it going, and then they can't. But they have one good idea. So, and that's and that's where I'm almost moving to this point with movies of like I'd rather see a character like that survive in movies and not read the stories because the movie's going to tell one good story. Yeah, we can hope because again, X Men Origins Wolverine disproved that theory, but uh, but but the Wolverine proved it. You know, so again, it's 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 all fine and dandy. So we shall see. Um, yeah, so that's what's going on with the world of X Men for now. We'll see what happens uh, next week. It opens next next Friday. You know what I'm surprised that they haven't done? What? And I know you're going to say, well, they've already done it a couple of times and has been successful. But hey, Superman too. 
I would like to see them. Yeah, they've done Superman too. No, that was good. I <laughs> like that one. That's Superman my favorite one as well. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my favorite one. It is my favorite one too. Uh, Swamp Thing done with a decent budget and a good storyline. They line. keep talking about it. And that would be a really cool film. But here's the problem. Swamp Thing just got tied. I'm not against it at yeah. all. Yeah. Swamp Thing just got tied up with Guillermo del Toro in that Heaven's Scent or Heaven's End, whatever, that he was going to uh. do that dark version, which to me has also just been ruined by putting, well, we'll talk about it in television, though I'm excited for it, Constantine. Yeah. So I would love to see a Swamp Thing solo film. They've talked about it for a long time. Here's the other thing that I think messes up Swamp Thing. And I apologize because I've run into him a couple times. I think he's a very nice guy. But I find out behind the scenes he he sort of um, weighs projects down. Michael Uslan is mm. the guy who created Bat Films, but he started Swamp Film first because he wanted to experiment with getting movies. So he's the one responsible for the Wes Craven Swamp Thing. He's responsible for Return of the Swamp Thing. He's responsible for the television yeah. series yeah. and the Tim Burton Batmans, Batman films. and. Uh, which overstayed their welcome, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's just, he, I don't, I think he's, I think when one of his films that he has produced has gone well, he sees himself as a mogul without the storytelling skill. Mm-hmm. Um, because that Just Imagine Stan Lee, you know, recreating the DC Universe, all those were actually written by Uslan, and they're yeah. terrible. They're terrible. I would just love, I mean... The current swamp thing, where his body very is invariably made up of different types of flora, at different times. Sometimes he has tree horns and stuff like that. <laughs> it, you you could do a regular Pan's Labyrinth approach on it. Oh too. no, you know I've got to say that Luke and I walked into um, the the one in Valco. Uh, oh, the uh, amazing here, not amazing uh, here. Uh, Legends. Legends, Legends of Comics and Fantasy. And they have, to the left, is all their action figures all the way down. And so Luke and I were just coming through. We are just trying to spend as much time just hanging out together as we could. And so we looked through all the action figures. It's like, And they have this huge new 52 Swamp thing from the end of that crossover where he sprouted wings and he's oh, got awesome. horns. And it's just huge. It's like a $50 action figure. Yeah. And Luke just looks at it and goes, I don't know what's going on, but that's awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like the potential that you could do with that character yeah. would be amazing. And you want to talk about making a movie about a superhero who is eco-friendly and, travels and trying to through save the green, the, and trying to the save the earth. Oh yeah, it's timely. DC. I, oh, it's not DC. Warner. I know you're not listening, but you should. You know because yeah. you have. You know. It gets me. Okay, that's wait. the reaction I that's, wanted. That's what you want. <laughs> uh, as opposed to uh, tweeted this this week, the first official picture of Ben Affleck as Batman, and I am down with that photo. Yeah, and people were like colorizing it and going, "Dave, tap you." But here's a color photo. Go, no, no, Dave, that's a colorized <laughs> photo. I saw that, and that's different. Although I hadn't actually seen the bat symbol on his chest before, I saw somebody drop the color back on. The... But, but 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 that's I mean, fine. It. It's, it's the Dark fine. Knight Returns I hadn't, armor. I hadn't I hadn't, uh, I hadn't yeah. ruled all over it to find out all the details. No, I just the... looked at it when it was the I impression. Like it. I, and the impression of it was like this is a Dark Avenger, you know, and that's his car, and that looks cool. I'm I'm with it. I yeah. I I'm and that I enough, I'm it had enough Tim Burton in it for me to be you know, kind of excited about it. And enough, yeah, I like the design. Dark Knight uh, Tumblr in it too. To, you know, 
so that it, so it recognizes and yeah. enough that says Dark Knight Returns to those who want to yeah. see that because I still have people coming up to me going, you know what's a good comic that Dark Knight Returns I just discovered that and go there's people always discovering it for the first time yeah and so you know I think was it Nate were you arguing somebody was on Facebook like going why are the ears so short yes and, yeah and I'm like you know what actually. When Batman has been the best story, but maybe not necessarily the coolest looking, his ears have been short. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Batman 66, short ears. And Dark Knight Returns, Somebody posted short the ears. George Clooney thing where his, his ears look like they're the they're on a Ford Fairlane rear end. Oh, God. And that was so horrible, you know, because you watch when they run at the end, and, you know, and his, and his mask oh, is yeah. wobbling so <laughs> back hard and back and forth. Right. Like, Single-handedly, that cured George Clooney of his head bob <laughs> that he would do all the time because he, yeah, I still think he did an okay job in that in a terrible yeah. film. Yeah, but that is one of the things like Jiminy Christmas. Anyway, so, uh, so we saw that we're all excited. Uh, Roberto Orsi has been confirmed this week as the director of Star Trek Three. I'm gonna get you an ice cube. Which thank you because I'm drinking warm. Coke. It's lava. I'm pouring lava into my zombie cup. Uh, my tiki cup, tiki glass from the tiki room, uh, from Peter Sam's. Uh, but Orsi is Robert Orsi is you know Orsi and Kurtzman. They've been doing some good writing for television and some bad writing for movies. They've been responsible for the scripts of the first two films. And I don't know because there's a lot of criticism, and I just sit back for this and go, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. That. As screenwriters, I don't know how hard it is to jump to being a director of a huge franchise like that as a first film. You know, so we shall see. Um, speaking of jumping to to films, ooh, I've got a oh, you had you you were dying to have one of these, weren't you? Not a lot of ice. The ice sphere. <sighs> they make those at the uh, at uh, Conte Circle. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, I can actually. That's a cloudy one. I can actually make pure clear ones as well. I have a mold thing. We're playing, we're playing Mr. Wizard over here. Can we uh, all agree that the Batman picture we saw looked awesome? Oh, we, yeah. we were talking about that. Weren't you there? Yes, I know. I just wanted to make sure that we're all on the we, same page. We are. He wanted I, to move. I, I had moved past that and in Star Trek because you stayed, said Nate, nothing. Nate wanted to move it. I second it. All in favor. Okay. Yes. I. Yes. I just saying, Nate, you got to speak up when the when it's happening. Just yeah. wanted to make sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yes. You know, come on. We can't. I, I worry about you nodding off there. Uh, so, uh, and of course, the big, the biggest movie this week is uh, going to be, of course, Godzilla. So. Um, let me, let For me, which I'm very excited, you lucky bastards. Let me begin with. Uh, I, I don't. I know, haven't seen it. I don't know if you're going oh, to. Well, I, then bastard singular. It's just me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to continue this, but they. But it was the best giveaway at a screening I've ever had <laughs> for the IMAX 3D that they gave you a cardboard cutout to with a little sticky, so you could put it on your glasses, so you would have Godzilla on your forehead. And I'll be damned. Most of the people at the screening did leave their Godzilla on their glasses. So I'd look around and everybody has these little Godzillas going back and forth in the screening. So People headbutting each other. Yes, we enjoyed that. Uh, yes. And uh, so I, up front, now, not that, it, not that this was a hard bar to pass, but certainly better than the Sony uh, 1997 film. 
the Roland Emmerich. Okay, uh, definitely there. As far as destruction, one of the worst films of all time. Yeah. Uh, after it was over, I went, well, I don't know. Godzilla didn't kill as nearly as many people as Man of Steel did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Superman <laughs> still so, got in there. So, so Man of Steel still pretty much has, the, has set the bar for disaster porn. Um, and that's the only thing that I have a problem with now is, that, you know, as I was having the same problem watching Amazing Spider-Man 2 with all the damages, like, who's going to pay for this? That's yeah. going to take a while to reconstruct. Um, so I think there were... Uh, you know, I mean, what do you want in a Godzilla film? What do you expect? A little Are mystery you at the both beginning. Of us? Yeah, I'm asking both of you. Like, wh- like, what do you want? I can tell you if you're going to get it. I want to see him destroying buildings in new and inventive ways. You're going to get that. So I want to see. I want to see a hero who actually has an effect on the outcome of Godzilla stopping destroying <laughs> buildings in new and interesting ways. I think to some extent you get that. Okay. And I want to see an ending where there's a question mark at the end. And you're going to get see... that. But they don't give the question mark. They don't, do, you they know, don't put the question mark? They don't. I love those. Yeah. yeah. The end. And, and, I want and, to see people running back and forth, like, aimlessly. Yes. Screaming you're going towards, to get that. So, so here's what I think is the strength and the weakness is. It's combining what every – it was doing a better job of trying to give everybody what they what they think of with the Godzilla film. So – Here's the, you know, here's the, my parents did not let, other than watching Ultraman, I didn't get to watch a lot of the Godzilla movies um, growing up. I saw Godzilla versus King Kong. I saw the ending of the first Godzilla, where it was definitely treated scary. Oh, and yeah. Godzilla versus King Kong, I got the hero thing. I it's think, a real disaster film. I think I saw, I know, I know. So, and then I have that. I got the Blu-ray from Criterion. You know, so I've watched Gojira, the original, uh, and seen it and gone... Yeah, I get it. I can see why that was very terrifying to people originally. Yeah. But my image of him has been, well, it was largely shaped by a cartoon of my Hanna-Barbera on NBC, yeah. you know. And and knowing those things and seeing pictures of all the cool monsters and all, all that yeah. is, so I know there's this vague thing about Godzilla being the hero, being the savior of Japan. And so it's trying to have all those things in it. And... For the most part, I think it works. They have a very interesting meta idea from the beginning, which is that it's just vague enough to me that the events of the first of the actual original Toho film could still stand. And, uh, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that could have actually still been in that continuity. And we just forgot about it. Well, no, there's an implication. Um, I, I read a kind of a criticism of this. Thought, no, that, that kind of works too. Is the idea may be that we saw Toho made a version of that because, like, there was an attack, there was this thing, and then they filmed it. They made a movie. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but then you've got one of those problems with the universe where it exists, where there's a Godzilla, and then, you know, there's a Godzilla movie in this. But it's there. There's a lot of those little meta jokes. If you're looking for them, they're there. But they're but they're subtle. They're very subtle. Like, yeah. Mothra makes an appearance in a way that, like, you really had to look hard and notice it fast, and it's or it's gone. Instead, they create two new, more Americanized monsters to face down at the beginning. And I didn't like their design because it was too; it felt too Western. Oh. Like you have Toho, and and so that's my. And I realized that was my major problem with the, with the movie. Is I enjoyed it, but but when I saw Godzilla looking like, admittedly. Yeah, he could probably do some crunches. He's a little fat. 
But when I saw, you know, when I saw that Godzilla, he was still recognizable enough. The Japanese close enough to the man in suit that it was that he is fun to me. Yeah. But when you go to these slimy, um, CG'd, uh, angular insectoid things that oh, our our Western culture has just been loving for movies time and time again. Yeah. That are they more like the ones in Pacific Rim? No, they were more like out of uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, really? Okay. Uh. And, and so I don't like those designs because it doesn't fit. They're two right. different design schemes. Well, I think they're probably going for a counterpoint because Godzilla right. is organic, and, and they yeah. are. But 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 yet there was cool creativity in King Ghidra, the three-headed monster. Oh yeah, you know, and and Rodan and and Mothra. They're they're colorful. They're bizarre. They're awesome. They're just like let's just go insane. So the movie never goes insane enough for the. It's like watching Dark Shadows when we saw that. It's like right. oh, you're gonna go insane, go insane, and it's trying to just it keep. Silly. It's just trying. It was just trying to please a lot of different people. Yeah. So I think over overall, it's going to please people. I just was like, I, I wanted something more fun. I didn't have. It wanted to be both scary and fun, and so the tone kept shifting back and forth. I didn't care enough about the humans, although. It's both the script is both surprising and then very stereotypical in some things. Like you can call some things like right out of left, right instantly going, "Oh, this you know this is going to happen." Boom, it does. And then there's one, and then there's a couple where it's like, uh, "No, that wasn't supposed to happen." So it, it it plays both ways too. So it was decent. It it's was interesting because I didn't get any from the from the preview stuff, and I haven't been I haven't been hiding myself from any of this stuff. Yeah, but. From all the previews, I was expecting a film much more like the first movie where it's just Godzilla threatens humanity and eventually the threat is over overdone. Um and to to hear that it's more of a classic or, or you know, more of the of standard the one where he's fighting other monsters, that was entirely hidden from me. Yeah. And that's unusual in and so a, and that's why it was kinda of like that's Hollywood why, today. That's why it felt like they were trying to have their cake and eat it too. The beginning, the and it's all in the title sequence, is they've been – that all the nuclear tests of the 50s were actually all the world governments trying to blow Godzilla up. Uh-huh. But for some reason, Godzilla has retreated and just went away and just went away. And then a menace comes that Godzilla has been waiting for. So it's both – so it, it's trying to have both sides. With Godzilla rising. <laughs> yeah, there it is. He he retires for eight years. He had a broken and leg, then, and then the ins- yeah the enemies are Bane, um yeah the Bane-ra, and, uh, <laughs> and oh god and Jokadon. King, and Jokadon. uh you know Jokadon and 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 the uh, King Ridla yeah uh so I I yeah it's just a little weird in tone but I suspect it's set up that there can be another one and I think if they could just resolve what kind of tone they want to have because yeah. then there are even though it's some of it's cg'd you do get those lineup of just monsters fighting in san francisco and in honolulu and and in japan and that should like, be cool uh, when they're destroying recognizable buildings too that's fun they are they are don't worry about it yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah and again it's just like and and, and it's in the trailer so it's no spoiler here to say Damn it! What is it about the Golden Gate Bridge? Everybody just wants to hammer that thing. Ever since that octopus discovered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It goes back to it. Yeah, the beast from Five Thousand Fathoms. 
so, you know, it, it was fun. Everybody, I mean, there's a weird, when you think about this, this is the geek connection, and I pointed out to my friend, okay, so Aaron Johnson is married to Elizabeth Olsen in this movie. The next time we see them together on film, they will be Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch in Avengers <laughs> Age of Ultron. So I think we're going to get a little bit of that <laughs> that Ultimates uh, incest thing going. Yeah. I don't want to sound joyous about it, <laughs> but they're very attractive people, so it's okay. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it, it was it was fun, uh, and, and Big Wow. If you get this out, I mean, I love that Big Wow has this package. You can see both Friday and Saturday night. You can go to Camera Twelve and watch Godzilla with one of the original man in suit. You can watch Godzilla with Godzilla, and I think that's just awesome. I'm just not going to do it. Oh, because I have Luke. Because it's not for him. He's not interested. Yeah. It's just a little too realistic in its damage. Too. I always have trouble pulling myself away from a good convention to go see a movie that I could see any time afterwards. You know. Yeah, but you know, con- but to me, cons. It, once the sun sets, once it's an evening thing, those are the kinds of events that go along with yeah. it. That's part of it. And Big Wow has not struck me yet as I don't think it's going to be like, hey, this is the party suite. You know, we're not going to miss anything by not Maybe. staying too late. Yeah, yeah. You know. So we'll see. And it might be growing to that. I could be wrong. Let's move to television because it's so doggone much. Oh, man. Yeah. There's too much. There's too much. This is the week, man. This is not a comprehensive uh, coverage. No, it? we're going to do, you know, I, we, we're going to try to keep a, we're going to try to put together a living grid on Fanboy Planet about like all the things that are genre related that you're going to want to watch. Because re- I don't know what time you sent that link over to me today of like two series that I had no idea what they were. Yeah. And then I went, yep, but they might be things of interest. Whispers and Forever. The Whispers, the right? Whispers. The Whispers and Forever. Yeah. And, but let's, we're going to focus this week just on superheroes. Seven, well, I want to say comic book based because I don't know if you can call one on the CW a superhero, but kind of. Oh. It, yeah. She's a Vertigo character. It's yeah. a Vertigo character. And, and I thought that it's interesting, well, though. Constantine, too. Yeah. Uh, no, they took oh. that away. It says, in the, if you watch the trailer, it says it just says DC Comics, because he's not Vertigo anymore. He's uh, just a DC okay. Comics character. So we've got this. We knew that Gotham was coming. So we got a fantastic trailer for Gotham last week, where it was just like, okay, that's going to be great. That's Fox on Monday nights, paired with Sleepy Hollow. Now, I will grant with... With uh, Rick made a posting about, isn't it cute that networks think that people are watching on on a given night? Well, actually, I kind of enjoyed last night, when we'll get back to it, making Tuesday night my shield Shield night. night. You know, there is still something fun about that. You know, we're all watching it together somewhere. Right. There are some shows that resonate with you and you cannot wait because you don't want it spoiled the next day. Well, and especially if you're on the Twitter feed and damn... Clark Gregg is sitting there going, I can't believe this happened on my show. You know, he's tweeting at six at, uh, at uh, 5, 5 p.m. His going, enthusiasm is palpable. Isn't it? I mean, isn't that awesome? But yeah. let's get back to the show. So I'm going to take it in this order. So Gotham gets announced. We're like, and that looks good. Yeah. That looks exciting. And then um, Fox has released little, little tidbits. Pair with Sleepy Hollow. If you're going to be home on a Monday night, okay, but here's the problem I just discovered today. It's not a problem because this is we've just we've just heard the death knell for two months of the Big Bang Theory. They're putting the Big Bang Theory on Monday nights now at eight o'clock. Wow! Uh, taking it off Thursday. because they because they're doing Thursday night football. So after football season is over, they'll move it back. Then they're going to move it back to Thursday night. CBS just made the 
only miscalculation they've made. I, you know, because the thing is, and the, I enjoy Big Bang Theory, but I still, I'm, st- I'm going to go oh, with it. Didn't. It didn't used to mock us. Now it is. It is it, very much. It does. Is that a big crossover audience? Football and Big Bang Theory. I, I think so. I, I don't think it's necessarily. I think all the characters exclusive. on Big Bang Theory are going to be watching all the shows that we want to, and they're going to be watching Gotham, yeah. but they can, ironically can't watch Gotham because it's up against themselves. Uh, so, <laughs> and there it is. The irony: the only the only major network that doesn't have a superhero or comic book based series is CBS. They've got the one that mocks all the others, and so it's it's just going to be interesting. So they moved it to Monday, uh, but if you were to be home on a Monday night. And the one-two punch of, I can't stress enough how f- deliriously fun, and here's Orsi and Kurtzman talking about Star Trek and going like, there have been movies those guys have written that I've gone like, oh, they're pretty badly written. But as producers on Sleepy Hollow, they're fantastic, and I will not take away from that. that the Sleepy Hollow is one of my favorite series last year, and that's up to 18 episodes So uh, for, this, uh, for their second season. You've got John Noble in. Have you caught up on Sleepy Hollow? I'm so far behind. Okay, I'm just saying you're going to enjoy it. I won't no, it's, say, it's, I won't say there anything. are some shows that I can do stuff with. Yeah. I can do stuff while I'm doing it. I know. I, can't, I have no, to watch No, Sleepy Hollow, one. you have to because there's going to be. Because one minute it feels like Sleepy Hollow is like, well, this is just kind of goofy, dumb, and everything's well, going like to be fine. Stuff will happen in a mirror, and nothing. There's no. There's no audible tone to get me to right, look up right, and see it. I and know. I'll, then I'll go. It's oh, mythology I gotta, I gotta is so Something must have happened there. The, the mythology is so complex. It's, yeah. like, it's 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 fun. So, and then to pair it with Gotham, which has the potential to be both dark and fun, because mm-hmm. you're like, yes, it's going to be Batman, you know, and that's going to be fun. So there's Gotham. Constantine is going Friday nights. So then, yeah, so anyway, NBC says, yeah, we're going ahead with Constantine as a series. They release a trailer in which you go, wait a minute. There's must be some mistake because that's actually Hellblazer. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's totally on for that character. With just enough of the way the movie worked for people to carry over and go, wait a minute, you know, he's British. I I think I know that between the clip they released, which I have both in the clip uh-huh. and the trailer, he changes his accent depending on how people want to perceive him. He's British, hmm. but but the level of changes Whether depending he's on expectation. On being British, yeah. yeah, and so I think I I, I they could just be ineffective editing or foley work, kind of like Chris Garcia. But I, oh, <laughs> master of the dark arts. Um, but and which I love that 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 bit about you know I'm having the cards changed, uh, you know it is it, it's fun. It looked good. It looks like you can see the dead the way that yeah the way that he does in the movie. But it doesn't seem to be over the the overwhelming aspect of it. Instead, it's Hellblazer, and so everything looks right about that. It's paired with a show that I I want to get into, and and when I say this is just because I just haven't had time. But I have the two two seasons on Blu-ray. Uh, Grim, which my daughter loves, so I was immediately went. I've got a great <laughs> dad daughter Friday night. Is she's going to be watching Grim, and and then it rolls right into Constantine and say, "Let Dad show you what horror is really about." <laughs> you know, and, but they did say it was a, it's a father son father daughter bonding moment. My daughter's into weird stuff. She's yeah. really you know she's uh, getting into all that dark stuff, and then we're you know she's in fables, and we're getting ready to. I'm I'm getting ready to show. I'm, did she read Courtney Cronin? She's read some of it. Okay. Um, but I think, honestly, now at her point, to her, she's a little beyond, you know, they go through that phase. Yeah. 
she's now in a, at a point where she's she's not she going to write things that are pretentious, a uh, little more pretentious of, of adulthood. Uh, that, yes, right. And, and Courtney she'll Crumrin have to relax still, before she can go back and enjoy Courtney. When Crumrin. she's about when she's in college, she'll go back to Courtney yeah. Crumrin, yeah. and then, no no doubt. And uh, but but for right now, it's time to introduce her to Sandman. You know, she's interested in reading that. She's yeah. reading fables. She loves fables, uh, and she's loving Buffy and Angel. What you know, Dark Horse is doing. So Constantine is going to be better than. You know, throwing yeah. Hellblazer yeah. is wrong, but Constantine as a series is going to be interesting, and it looks right, which tells me, oh, they're going to cancel it because it's just because <laughs> because it looks too good what, to me. What network is it on? NBC. Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. But Maybe it, might stick with but it. it just looks too good. It, yeah. it looks too much like. Well, the only uh, like the only problem right. is is how expensive is it to shoot? Where are they shooting it? You know. Yeah, I don't know. And probably what we've all probably what we're seeing is all pilot. You're right. Mm-hmm. And because there's that problem we've had with Agents of Shield, is that Agents of Shield put a, a decent amount of money into a pilot, and again, a criticism I keep reading is just get a better set designer because the scripts until again we'll get back to it. Until this last night, um, you know they were they were okay, but they weren't distracting you from mm, the sets aren't that great, you know, because there was that one yeah. like third episode where it was like this was on a six million dollar man episode, you know, in the seventies is no difference. Yeah, that backlot I've seen on yeah any number. But of... last night's last night's script was so strong. Oh, yeah. it didn't matter. So let's get there. So Arrow has been renewed, which I got to catch up on Arrow because people are just. I mean, and I love this. I love that people are totally, totally into. Arrow. I've almost, I've almost intentionally banked all of Arrow this season for waiting for when. I mean, shows are starting to starting to finale out right now, so I'll be able to, you know, semi binge my way through. It. I got to binge through one, and then I and then I've got to binge through two. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing with uh, the Blacklist. Um, yeah, and then they announced, of course, with Arrow that that they have indeed decided to pick up the Flash for series. I kind of some of these are like uh, that was a foregone conclusion to me. They were just putting too much effort yeah. into it, yeah. you know, like Gotham when they said, "Oh yeah, we're picking it up." It's like no, they said they were putting it to pilot. They were they're going to invest, and that's a no brainer. You know, even if even if it's not that great a show, that Gotham can limp because there's so many Batman fans that this is all that they're going to get until 2016. So. You know, Gotham has time to find its feet, even though my it's Fox. Favorite, my, my, the, my favorite character for for looks in that is the cat, girl Catwoman. Uh, yeah. The, the Selena Kyle. Uh, she just looks like she's right for that role. More than Bruce, I think. Yeah. Bruce he's, is a little soft, rounded rounded edges kind of thing. But he's 12. Yeah, I know, I know. But even in the, when they, when they've, had a, they've had a harder edge 12-year-old Bruce Wayne in the comics, too. Yeah, but that's but that's a that's a drawing, you know, yeah. and to find a kid that they can both act and match. So I'm I I withhold judgment until I really see things Ooh. in context. Uh who is the kid who plays Rick Grimes' son? Yeah, but he's on Walking Dead. Chandler Riggs. Yeah, he would be. But a, you can't do it. I know. You know because now he's Rick Grimes. He's 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 Carl. So uh, so anyway, Flash is going, and I the, the trailer was released today. Uh, tonight, so I haven't had a chance to put on Fanboy Planet, but maybe by this point, I, you know, I will run it. Is like you know, arrow, sh- green arrow shooting an arrow, and the Flash catching it, going, "Woohoo! This is awesome!" You know, he's a little Wally West for my taste, while claiming to be Barry he Allen. He catches it directly in front of his face. Yes. So, I, but I think it'd be fun. I, but I haven't yet seen the episodes. I mean, that which yeah. is actually you got to go say that is an interesting way that they had Barry Allen was on two ep- two episodes without any hint that he was going to be Flash. Well, other than the name, 
Well, but You're for right. somebody who didn't know from the from the plot from somebody line, who no. didn't know, he yeah. was just a police scientist, and he crosses over, right? And then, oh, and the end of you know, at the end of Green Arrow of, of Arrow, it's like okay, you have this pilot where he, Barry Allen, this character you liked on Arrow, is going to have a, get an, into an accident and become Flash. So it's it's interesting. It's an interesting approach. Oh, yeah. They've also picked up what I think still remains as a Vertigo series, I Zombie. Uh, Rob Thomas, who was the guy who wrote uh, Veronica Mars, who then that pedigree tells me it's going to be really well written. I don't know what chances are going to are going to be. He's admitted he's not going to follow uh, almost anything from the Vertigo series. The concept remains, uh, but the but the supporting arc is not quite the same. Is that it's a a young woman who is a zombie, but if she eats brains, she can pass as human. She can stabilize herself, so she gets a, a job in a morgue. And she eats the uh, she eats the brains of people of bodies that come in, and then if they're murder victims, she basically has to solve who killed them. So it becomes he's procedural. Compelled he's compelled to. So it's both the power of brains compels you. It's taking the. <laughs> I hope that was a good sound bite. That's, that's clean. I, I was exactly out. thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, and that's going to be my ringtone from now. If Nate calls, the power of brains compels you. That. Um, that reminds me a lot of True Calling. Yeah, but that was you know, which that's happened because early edition without the mortuary had that. I mean, it, it's a trope in television, and that's okay if it's interesting, if it's well written. And like I said, the guy who wrote Veronica Mars is the showrunner of this. I have I have faith that if I watch the pilot, I'll be interested. Will I be interested enough to continue? I'm not sure yet, but I'm willing to to have an open mind to say. I hope that I am because I every I've not watched all of Veronica Mars, but everything I've watched of it I have loved. Mm. So I am hoping. I am hoping. Uh, then we got the news, and this is the the greatest thing that could have happened. Agents of Shield is renewed. Yes, it's going to run through its mid season break, and then at the mid season break, Agent Carter is going to take over for about ten episodes, a little mini series, a little mini series in between. And so I think there's a great opportunity to, again, extend the Marvel Universe and to say, okay, here's what's, here's what's happening today with their rebuilding, and now it'll have some resonance to go back into 1946. You know what? I would, I would totally pitch this as the first part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. arc before the break is a storyline that as you get into it, you realize that part of it has been going on for years and years and years. Like Hydra infiltrating it? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. you obviously that that MacGuffin. Is I'm just I'm I'm saying it. But but the then you do the break and you go back to the Agent Carter story which takes up that prequel story. Well, I think it. I think they've already because again, I've been reading a lot of online criticism where people and I don't mean criticism like bad, it's just People not quite getting it's like oh when you watch that mini movie that yeah. one shot it's like it's like a proof of concept I'm like well duh it obviously was yeah. and God and if Marvel's gonna do that and throw one you know is gonna pitch out ideas for television series on those DVDs I'm Great. okay with that yeah. I still say by the way have you watched All Hail the King I haven't yet. you need to yeah you need to because actually something happened on Shield last night I was wrong or maybe I wasn't. I don't know yet. Yeah, but something I, happened on Shield last night where I went, is that tying into All Hail was, the King? That was what I was thinking. Too. And so I was like, Ugh. I know enough about it that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
that that was a proof of concept. But what was what happened in that was Zodiac. You had the MacGuffin of the Zodiac key. Yep. And so I think that right there is we've all we already know that's something in Agent Carter's mythos that's going to be important. So wouldn't it then possibly come back and haunt Shield today, just like it was important to the Shield comics? So you know, it would be great in Agent Carter. What would be great, Howard Stark? If no, if Pat Na- Oswalt played his LMD, the original in that version show as well, but he's steam powered. No, what if he's? What if the original version what is, what of, of Koenig, the organic Koenig? What if Koenig was a? Yeah, I, you know the other one I was thinking of, White Nick Fury. That would be interesting to see. I I don't know. I don't know that people would understand it. I know non-comic people, but if David but if Hasselhoff they did have, I was thinking Sam David Hasselhoff Jackson, too. If they had Sam Jackson appear, then they could go into the Infinity Formula. That's and, true too. Yeah, which they've impl- you know, there's been vague implications yep. of that. Yeah. So, which takes us to the whole reason Agents of Shield. Uh, this is oh, canny, canny ABC. It's like I don't know if they really did this on purpose or not. But it's like ABC knew the back half of their first season of S.H.I.E.L.D. so made up for a kind of turgid first half. Second act. This, I, I, I'm i going with... Of three. Of three. Of, because last night... No, because it got up to it like, okay, the beginning was the... And then there were a couple of episodes before Christmas where it was like, okay, when they when they got to Mike Peters blowing up... Then you know yeah. that was like okay that episode was worth it. There were so few that are like I that I were like this is crucial. And I want to watch it again. Yeah, and yet everything did come back around at the end. Yep. But last night, seriously, this is the thought I the thought I had, and I tweeted out. Not that that matters, but if people are following at Fanboy Planet, is I tweeted out this that episode was the first one that I went. I want to rewatch that again the way I want to rewatch the movies. Yeah. That was the first one that felt like this was movie level in plotting, this was movie level in importance, and this was movie level enough to make me go, damn it, I'm going to have to buy a first season Blu-ray because the completest in me tells me I have to have that. It was the first one in a long time where I really felt like I was watching a Joss Whedon production. And yet Jed and Marissa wrote right, it. Right. But, but it, I did feel like he was had in that, there. It had that, I mean, especially some of the dialogue between the characters and especially the Coulson thing with Fury at the end the, with the big gun. And, you know, that was right out of a Buffy episode. But but pulling back, but also, you know, calling back to Avengers for the first time. And, and really, I choked out. It was like a great moment. And, of course, Clark Gregg. Sells it so damn well, and J- Joss Whedon's right. That's why you had to bring Coulson back because that guy sells the humanity of the Marvel universe so well. When, when he said you were, it was supposed to revive an Avenger, and he says it did, and it's like that, you know, and his dun, reaction, dun, that dun. realization, without overselling, yeah. to you know, my students mock me when I talk about in drama. When I go to these movies and the TV shows to say it's like. That's one of those moments. That's acting as reaction. That's subtext when you realize you can rewatch it and realize there's a subtext running through all the, all the way through. And that was one of those moments of Coulson realizing he's an Avenger. And I want to rewatch that, rewatch this season again to just go with, yeah, he's the decent guy. He's yeah. learned that lesson that Bill Paxton so magnificently insane. The things that the way he was saying things, exactly. I was like. 
oh, he had to have been having so much fun. And then, you know, the it's like, oh, is he going to be the ongoing villain? And nope. <laughs> that was, but that, that scene, okay, you're talking about the after they box, box yeah. him up. And then he's somehow out of the box and climbing onto the chair. And he gets armored up and he looks exactly like the character from the comics at that point. Because that's the way the the uh, the cyborg Garrett looked in the comics with with cyborg yeah. legs and arms and, and yeah. chest part, but a real head, regular head. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm like, oh my god, is he he's going to come back? Are they going to do a full Garrett thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great because was he's just like, awesome. oh, hey guys, I found I it. <laughs> it was handled so. Uh, yeah, it, there was just so much I loved about it. Now the other thing is now the the next step is. So Flowers, whatever her name right. is, uh, is off, and she's there, and she's interested in evolution. Well, this goes back to the rumors about if Marvel doesn't own mutants for movies and television, they have Inhumans. Right. And so it's quite possible that the Blue Goo, whatever that is, because we know that... that A Terrigen? That it's Terrigen. Okay. That because where do the Terrigen mists really come from? Yeah. Cree, the Cree. Yeah. So if that's a if that blue guy in the in 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 the case there is Cree is Cree. Yeah, they're tying it in. Then it's then she's going to lead the inhumanity, and and so it's very and then bring in the thing about this guy, and I I got to admit, I'm going to be bothered. I, I you know I I'm a little with Simmons is like okay he's brain damaged now that's interesting. Well, they haven't said that. He, they said he's they not going to be. They implied and they didn't show him. And so I, I and so I think it'd be brave to say well that's I mean it's an interesting acting challenge. It's an interesting character arc. To he's confessed he's in love that he loves yeah. Fitz. They used to be both geniuses and now it's like now it's almost like the flowers for Algernon thing of he can probably remember being smart enough to comprehend all this stuff you know what i would do though i would not dumb him down i would make him like the john noble character from fringe where his mind wanders but he's still he's still thinking deeper than everyone else maybe he's even gotten smarter no because i think the reality is uh, it's he's been he had oxygen deprivation yeah Nobody gets smarter. We know that. And, and the challenge is he's going to, which then the quest is, maybe he's going to be on this quest to bring himself back to the way he was. And that could be bad because he is a character, not from the comics. Anything can happen to him. Yeah. Anything. And, I, and damn it, I, you know, Drew was, uh, oh, Drew Campbell was with us last week, but he didn't, he didn't get on the podcast. But he was like, if they make this about the redemption of Ward, I'm like, they're not going to make it about the redemption of Ward. Ward has no reason to be redeemed now. Right. Now he if he escapes, he's going to be badass too. You know, and it's his own fault and he's a villain who doesn't understand that, but when Ward comes back and I, I suspect that they they didn't kill him. Yeah. But that was that was my favorite weapon. Uh, you know, oh, what weapon's going to get me? You Nailed slept man. with her and she's pissed. <laughs> that was a great fight. I mean, oh, yeah, that was when she fight. nailed Gunn's foot, I was like, "Yeah!" I, did she nail a, a nail through his hand into his chest? I think she might have done I think that. that was, I, I was, I've got to watch that part That's again. That's what I'm saying. You had to watch it again because yeah. it was so much detail going on. So much greatness. So, you know, and I love that Samuel L. Jackson was on it. What a great end to that, to that first season. Yeah. And what a lord. When you look at it, it's like, okay, now it's a different lineup. Some of them are the same. Some of them are not. 
and I can hardly wait for for season two to begin. I can hardly wait for the for the Blu-ray collection for this because I imagine there will be some very interesting uh, additional features. In that probably, chat. probably. One, a documentary of why we had to lie for tw- <laughs> <laughs> for six months. We knew it was coming. The story of Shield, <laughs> uh, you know, and and the idea that that Patton Oswalt. I hope they make a regular is like, okay, we're thinking LMD, but are, you know, are people like, are people, well, no, I mean, are people like sky thinking, Oh, they're just twins. Yeah. You know, when it's like, no, there's the behavior is so the same and what, and says exactly the same things. It's like, no, he's an LMD, but you have to know that. So are you going to introduce that idea that, especially when we saw Eric Koenig, Right? Was it Eric? Was the first one? Eric was the first, and then Billy was the second. Yeah. Okay. So we saw Eric bleed. We know, you know, it was normal. So, yeah. you know, Sky was definitely fooled into thinking that was regular mortality. Ward thought he had killed him. So, you know, if they if if they are LMDs, what are the differences, and how would you find out? Yeah. That one's not so. So many things that if you are a fan, there's so much. But if you're just a watcher, if you're experiencing Marvel only through the cinematic universe, and I know there are people, and we were talking about this with Debbie, your wife, just to, before we started recording tonight, uh, we know there are people that are only into this because through the movies and and, and TV, yeah. and they're not they're not into the comics. It's almost like, God, every revelation would be so fantastic. Yep. And I liked the I even though I even though I still wish that they just go ahead and put the helmet on because. He definitely has the scar, you know. Deathlock yeah, yeah, has yeah. the scarring. I wish they'd give him the helmet, the metal plate, the metal plate. Yeah, I thought good going off. I want to see Deathlock recur. Yeah, but but then again, I said Deathlock could pop up in all, Age of Ultron Any, anywhere. He yeah. can go anywhere, and I I'm excited to see. It. I want to see fluidity between the movies and television, and or an acknowledgement at least. Just oh, like, and the the toolkit. The the cube yeah. that Fury gives and like there's Owen oh, the and then the the sketching at the end, yeah the setup which I'm assuming is I went now you'd know better than than me because you had more experience with engineering, but I looked at that and I was going this almost reminds me of it's not formula it's more like a star map. It looked it looked like a because a, I'm a, thinking Cree the same kind of stuff you look at in, in a circuit diagram where there are connections uh, yeah yeah, yeah and it looked kind of like it was supposed to be potentially three dimensions almost like a multi layered uh, uh, but if both but if both people we see sketching adding to that form, to that circuit diagram yeah. calling a circuit diagram both people we see sketching it are well, under the influence of of Cree of H so I suspect it's like either. Are you building a beacon to call the Kree there? And can we get a Kree Chitari war? Well, there was in. Can we get a Kree Scroll war? In Captain Marvel, there was a long. Uh, there was a repeating thing where Marvel knew how to build a device that was at once a great communications device and an ultimate weapon. And he was the only one who had the ability to do this. And there were a couple of times where he yeah. built it. He he built it, and then he destroyed it at the last second. Well, wouldn't um, it be interesting if we got both versions? Yeah. If we got Carol Danvers cinematically, and if Marvell showed up. Yeah. And you know, it would just be so much potential. So much potential. Nate, are you still awake? I am. Okay. Hmm. You feel free to jump in, man. Um. Now. I, I did want to have a little conversation. We're going to talk more tech and, uh, and more theoretical for fans here. I 
uh, next week, and I'd already reviewed it, JLA Adventures uh, Trapped in Time, which had been a Target exclusive back in, I think, February. Um, it came out around the same time as Justice League War. Uh, so this DVD yeah. got released to Target where the character design is similar to the action figures that Target is selling exclusively, so forth. Well, next next Tuesday, so May 20th, it's going to be available everywhere. And so I'll just give backstory without identifying somebody on my on the Twitter feed who subscribes to Fanboy Planet, like tweeted back when I put out the article and said, and I was just I was just doing doing the review and then saying, hey, it's on DVD next week. And he said, well, why isn't it on Blu-ray? Why isn't it uh, or other method of why is it trapped in? I think the phrasing was a 20th century medium, and. I had also included when I tweeted out because I'm I'm learning that you know to like the publicist from Warner Brothers so he knows hey there's a review maybe they can pick it up and people at Warner Brothers see we you know we're covering them and doing good work and um, so this I felt bad you know Gary is very kind of like stuck in this little argument back and forth I'm like why am I I don't know I have no answer but I thought well <laughs> a regular DVD to me is if you're gonna put out a children's product it makes more sense. Like, because Disney's done this, is you could get a three pack of like the Blu ray, DVD, and digital, but Disney was doing both ways. So you'd have a, the packaging would be different, even though it'd be the same content of theirs. Right. The Blu ray, DVD, and digital, or DVD plus Blu ray and digital. And so, depending on what, on what you're at. So, if you were on DVD, my answer back to him was I think that most families, like on a long car trip that would want to show JLA Adventures, have a DVD player in the car. That's I got to admit they're more the, likely than in the last five player. years with yeah. a van. That's what's well, and know. aren't most Blu-ray players backwards compatible with DVDs? Yeah, most yeah. most Blu-ray players can play a DVD. So what's the, yeah. the, the but he's he's got a fair complaint about 20th century versus 21st century. Well, and, and at just, least the way they're being marketed. And, and and ultimately the resolution is that the PR guy, super PR guy. Um, came in, weighed in, and said, "Yeah, we made a mistake in the press release. It is al- also yeah. digital, and it'll be available for digital download." And this guy ends up going, "Yes, you made my week." And I was like, "I mean, really? Was this the you know?" So there's a couple things going on here. One, it's a fun, but not that great a film. You know, it, it, it's meant for kids. It's meant for kids. So get it. By the way, I think it's one of, you can you can definitely go to Fanboy Planet, pick up the link, and order it now. Um, but the question I had afterwards, like, this guy was so married to, he was mad that he wanted his Blu-ray. And he, I think I got another tweet yeah. that said, I want it on Blu-ray. And I'm like, yeah, I do too. I like have it on Blu-ray. But if it's not on Blu-ray, it's just what it is, you know? It, it gets very confusing, though, because you buy these three-pack DVDs, Blu-ray, with, Blu-ray, with, DVD a card, with a card for the ultraviolet. And for a lot of people, setting up and getting your ultraviolet stuff registered is very difficult. It's very hard. They have to remember a new password and then log in. They have to set up. Uh, often they have to register with a credit card. And on, not everybody's on, on high-speed internet either. Right. And, and so the idea that these that the cloud services of your movie, um, your movie collection is starting to form is okay, but it's starting to form in like four or five different clouds Mm-hmm. Depending on what what the manufacturer was, because you get ultraviolet, which I think is Sony and Disney, Warner Brothers involved with it. I know that, and then, or and at then least there, there are other ones as yeah, well. Yeah, there are. I, others, I know yeah. I have at least three 
um, logins for this type of, of registered service. So that's one thing. The idea that, um, going back to the idea of the kids in the back of the car with the DVD player, actually these days they're more likely to have an iPad. In which case then this guy was right. You and need a digital so download. So you, you download it to the iPad, which has limited storage space. So sometimes you might even be streaming it to the iPad, although that's if you're in a car or something, that's really See, gonna but, chew up your, but, your online time. But yeah, and so that's what I'm saying. I see what you're saying, but I, I think the problem is again, I fear like okay, I'll say this person I would track back to was in Austin. Uh huh. We're here in the Silicon Valley. We're in bubbles. And I've oh, yeah. said this before. We're in we're in bubbles where everybody we know and I am not I am not an early adopter. I am actually rather um stubborn. I don't call myself a Luddite, but I'm I'm stubborn to let go of the old and find the new. You know, you have to prove to me that this is better. Right. Blu-ray actually did that very early on when actually I thank you way back when you loaned me the PS3 so I could watch a Disney sent me Pinocchio on Blu-ray I went. I get it. I had to see that. I yeah. had to see it to go, yeah, that's worth it to me. Um, but there's people all across this country. Like I said, there are people that don't have high-speed Internet access. Yeah, We're, we're dividing up to an us versus them. There's a reason why when we switched to digital uh, antenna that the government had to give out vouchers because they realized, oh, my God, if a significant portion of this population doesn't have TV – we're going to have a problem. But my reaction, my reaction to the person who was complaining about it not being is get over it. Is <laughs> no, you didn't. The, yeah. The 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 people who are selling these products are doing it very smartly by offering you all three one package. Yes. And they're not. But that's terrible. not what Warner was doing. It's only a DVD. Right. And the, you buy the DVD. It is just the DVD. In some or cases, you can go to iTunes do and download it digitally. Right. That's the that's the thing. There are a lot of services where you don't have to buy the disc package. You can just go right to like iTunes sure. and buy it or rent it. But if I have the van, watch it. I'm going to say if I have the van with the TV in there, uh-huh. I am not going to say to the kids, uh, "You each can watch your own movie on the iPad." It's like watch, agree to something together because yes. you want to teach your kids to get along, sure. to watch, you know, to be to be. Uh, Placated by the same entertainment. Oh, you'd make them read to each other. I I don't. No, in fact, I say please don't talk to each other. Uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to convince my daughter that she's she's old enough she can ride in the front seat. Please do. There you go. So that you will stop being bothered by your brother's very existence. <laughs> and um, but you know, but I don't have the TV. You know, uh, but again, it's like you want to find rather than have each kid get off in their own universe. There are people, and and the other things too is there are people that maybe they can afford the van, maybe they can afford one iPad. They can't afford, you know, oh, yeah, uh, no. you know, and, and it's just don't have that. It's, it's often it's don't it's get mom upset. Or dad's I think, iPhone too. I think yeah. that Warner Brothers has to do, had to do in this case, like they knew they had a product that was kid oriented. It's like look at Target. If you walk down to go back to Target, there's a there's an end cap of family DVDs for about five bucks a piece. Yeah. They're all older, older films, and you know they're they're hard to keep in stock. They're, they're all the family things. They're all the things that like. Yeah, I'm not going to watch them, but you at know, the same time, if you've got Amazon Prime and you buy that 150 dollars Kindle, 
um, you get access to all kinds of movies that. Well, we're back to the streaming thing, aren't we? Or are we on the storage? Download or for streaming. I mean, you, you, they, they, Amazon does this thing where you can download it, and then once you start watching it, you have twenty four or forty eight hours that you can continue to watch it, and then it goes. But, down. but, but you know, that's a again, that's a pricey system up front. Not only the Kindle, but the Amazon Prime membership, which just went up. Yeah, it's about a hundred bucks. You don't get to pay that. You don't get to pay that monthly installment. That's you know that's a hundred bucks up True. front. True. So I mean, there's so many expenses and hidden, and most people really just want to spend their ten, fifteen bucks, and know they have it. Not disagreeing with you. Yeah. So I. It's just the world. No, I know, and 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 I have resisted watching things that are digital download. I mean, I I'm I'm on Netflix. You know, Netflix. Yeah, I'm old school. I get my I get my DVD or Blu-ray and rip it to my server so I can do whatever I want with it. Well, I I watch my you know I watch my DVD or my Blu-ray. That's it. You know, um, I like having my Blu-ray. I got to see if this puppy, my computer, will play Blu-rays again someday. Um, Maybe not. You know, it's an old it's an old PC too. You know, and maybe part of that that's maybe maybe part of my problem. It's just that it can't process with the way the software is going. Um, but so it came up to me, and it's like I I I just didn't feel this need to be a digital downloader, but clearly some people do, and so just just an odd odd thing. Back there, we also had in video games as I was thinking. Okay, you know, with Disney Infinity two point coming. A man's got to think about his upgrading. Sure. He does. Uh, or he's not a man. Or What? Uh, <laughs> I'm still going to stick, I think, with with PS4 myself. But I did note this week that Xbox, it was big enough news that it was covered on all the sites I cover, that Xbox is uh, taking a version without Kinect, uh, dropping Kinect from, which I think had been that standard with every Xbox One originally. With, from the release, uh, all of them had Xbox One. No, all the Xbox One. All the Xbox One had, had the Connect. Yes, but now they're they're going to sell a version without the Connect. Yeah, there's an interesting. Well, of course, for three hundred and ninety nine dollars. Let's get to the meat of that. So originally, it's like a five hundred dollar unit when it came out, right? Which I think is also is PS Four. Also, PS Four is a little bit less expensive, four fifty. But it but the PS Four doesn't have the motion sensing system. You have to buy you move to buy extra. It. Yeah. So so six and one, but. PS4 right. people will always say, "Well, we're cheaper." So now, what the what this move does is make them kind of it levels the playing field between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has actually been a long time coming because when they first came out with the Connect, now the Connect is a motion capture system. It is a, a video capture system. So if you're doing like dance, one of those dance dance yeah. revolution things, you can then watch. Part of the fun for the party is watching the, the session you just did. On I, I don't want to see that. I know you don't. Um, and it's also part free. of it's part of the voice control system. So you've seen on my system where we go Xbox on. I am not saying it loud enough that it's and the lights go out. Yeah. And yeah, 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 it's very it's very fun. <laughs> toilet flushes. I don't know how the hell that got wired in. You yeah. you but you can you can do basic controls of the system with your voice, and that goes through the Connect as well. Now what they did a few months ago was they realized that they were they were dedicating too many cycles or they decided that they could reduce the number of cycles that were always being used for monitoring the connect. Mm-hmm. So they pushed a patch out that improved performance in games okay at the cost of the of it being able to be interactive with you and listening for voice and that sort of thing. So they've kind of diminished the value of of that aspect of the of the functionality to get the price down, and since they did that, 
it kind of makes sense that you could you could say, well, the connect is not as as important in their equation of what was I selling think, the product. I think also the, the the narrative, whether it was true or not, and you may argue with me, yeah, uh, the narrative that came out with Xbox One, it exists. It's like you can't argue the fact the narrative's there. Yeah, is that a lot of people felt like Xbox was watching you, in and and that. The timing w- could not have been more unfortunate with with NSA yes. and all these revelations. And by the way, we're going to introduce a video game system that is watching you and knows your preferences. And then her comes out. And by the way, you're going to eventually end up making love to your Xbox One. And uh, that's, I think you're going to, you're stretching there a little. bit. I haven't seen her yet, but I think that's what happens. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> well, and what and what good is that without a connect if it can't move back? It's yeah. kind of funny because um, in PC gaming. Where all the super hardcore gamers live, you know, they they will yes. no, they will no, they will, I know, I they know, will, and that's what they will say. That we are the elite gamers because we're PC gamers. But there is a new phenomenon going on in that space. That's kind of a combination of of shared gaming, yeah, and and sports, where Twitch TV will let you stream your live sessions of games mm-hmm. and the people who are playing them often one maybe two people who are playing them will appear on the screen and some of the situations are very very uh, i understand that it's of no but, interest to me but no, i know no, that there are people that are very what the xbox is set up is to be able to do just that i get it so i do but i, but I think overall the to the average person there was something icky if you will to be completely right. on, on the lowest comment it felt icky it felt weird and and yeah. And that's why they're not elite gamers. I mean, that's and that's the that's the thing about console gaming. And console gaming has never really been the elite gaming experience. And I'm going to say, here we are again—a conversation from before the podcast began. I think it's going to be a narrative that runs through this year. It's going to be th- this whole concept of that it doesn't matter what social group you join into, whatever hobby you develop, that we have this way of forming. Barriers and exclusions. You say there are elite gamers, but if you're outside, uh, until about you know maybe five years ago, outside of this, there's a whole world looking down on gamers. Right. But within gamers, there's elite gamers looking down at console gamers, looking down at the Wii, which is the or the <laughs> Nintendo as the party games. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, some of Jordan Rose posted when I put Infinity 2.0. Well, that looks like N64 graphics, like. Does it matter? It's fun, you know. And 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 there's that. and people buy these big systems. What's one of the first things they download? An emulator for N sixty four, right? And or even worse, yes, like a, a Candy Crush type of game that has oh, no yeah. need for you, graphics whatsoever, right? right. right. On a five hundred dollar gaming system, oh, playing no, Candy Crush, I can't Crush. do it. I can't do it. But on the I, because I, I I was just talking about how I I have you know various nephews who shall remain nameless utterly. But saying that that one who's really into all the like Skyrim and all that, yeah, he is not as socially well adjusted even within the dynamics of that family um, as the older cousins. And I realize the games they play are the ones that have become socially acceptable in the larger scheme of things: Medal of Honor, right, and Madden, or NBA. Right. Or, you know, the sports games became a subsection where it's video gaming, but it's sports games. So it's like sports. Yeah. So that's okay. You're not yeah. a nerd if you're doing that. So we're still doing that. And then within within the nerd community, and this narrative is going to come, this weekend at Big Wow, I'm hoping we'll have an article up 
uh, at least maybe tips from uh, my friend Lonnie uh, Lonnie Wong, who is part of the dynamic cosplay couple. And this complaint that has come up of uh, so there's a preview of narratives that threads that will carry through the whole year, like like what's you know what's that that blue blood doing to me um is uh what is sky actually and lonnie saying and i've been hearing it from other people on facebook as i posted out that um there is now this weird backlash to there are people that are too attractive to be legitimate fans like suddenly we have to we have to perceive ourselves as hideous freaks of nature in a corner you know you can't cosplay and you yourself said hideous freaks of nature might be a little overstating it you're not sitting where I'm sitting. Uh, so, <laughs> it, sorry, Debbie. I know you're married for the money. Uh, so, no. <laughs> no, I know that's not true. But I'm saying, what well, you yourself said, like, you're glad that cosplays moved beyond the day where there was the overweight guys squeezing in this with bandex. Yeah. And I resented that as my buttons popped. And, but... No, I, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I said when it was just those people. Just those people. I mean, I admit, it was funny the first year I went to Comic-Con and there was a guy dressed as the tick. Every day he was, he was, he was sweaty. You knew, and he showed up in a PVP uh, strip like they did something. They sent BBB to Comic Con, and Scott Kurtz drew him in. And I was like, I tell, you know, message Goodson and said, "My God, the tick is there!" Because we were just laughing about it every day. It's like, when are you finding time to launder this suit? You know, and and you shouldn't be in it. And you know, and and there's a so. But I've heard not just from these cosplayers, but also from people that have been in Baycon. I want again not naming names because I don't have that that permission. But who have said, yeah, like that because they don't fit, even within the fan, within fandom, the stereotype of what a fan should be, they're experiencing exclusion, and I find that just so strange. I I'm I'm so glad that everything I could want is available at your local Target. Uh, you know, that I can get a T-shirt of Green Lantern when there wasn't even a T-shirt of Green Lantern when I was a kid, but that I can go and right. there's a Green Lantern and logo it's faded to look like the one you would have been able to buy, to buy if then. it had existed. Right, exactly. I have that. I have one for the Flash. I have one for Green Lantern that my son one year for Father's Day, like four years ago for Father's Day, found this really cool Captain America T-shirt and just thought, Dad wants that, you know. And I love that shirt, partially because obviously my son gave it to me, but that it was easy for him to find that, you know, right. for an adult. Right. Um, when there was some place that, that had that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you could count on You know, it. that it's out there and yeah. it's and that we're and that we're so prevalent. And it's like, just give in. I mean, you know, it's like sportswear now. It's like you know, team wear. It's the same thing. I just think everybody just needs to relax. They do, but they're yeah. not. It's, you know. But they're not relaxed because I think people, it's almost like it's human nature to exclude. So let's fight against that, people. And Fanboy Planet is a world where everyone is welcome, welcome. to play. Come home to Fanboy Boy Planet. Planet. <laughs> there we go. That, that's our new slogan. Come home to Fanboy Planet, where we are drunk by If you were hearing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's if you're hearing this signal, it's very way more. Where's my whiskey? Uh, <laughs> I need another fireball. Now, when I refer to Fireball, it could either be an alcoholic beverage or an actual Fireball. Because if you know that in the and not enough people are playing up this, with, unfortunately in all the television, with Community being canceled, if you watch the end of Community, they said they were, the only way they would not come back in the fall 
was did you watch the end of it no i haven't watched it no. is it the only way they would not come back in the fall is if a giant fireball hit greendale and wiped out all of humanity and then danny booty looks at the at camera and goes and that's canon <laughs> <laughs> So apparently the fireball is hit. So uh, it's either we're either talking about whiskey or we're just is equally talking about the the eradication of mankind. I actually think season six is going to be a comic book. I don't know. I don't know. But apparently they are looking at other places. We may get a season six on Netflix. We may get a, a season six on Sci-Fi or Comedy Central because Comedy Central is really making money for it. You know, you could do a miniseries, do a season six, and I still want to see the movie. So we'll see. Do six, season, six, season six as a comic book and then Kickstarter the movie. I'm saving up now to, pay, to donate the money. We shall see. We shall see. Tune back in and next prophecy week. prophecy will be fulfilled. Mm, in accordance with. Tune back in next week to the next podcast, which we'll have, uh, I guess we're going to cut into like almost do one and a half episodes here. We'll definitely have a podcast from Big Wow. I don't know when that'll get pushed out, but that's something we promised and it would sit down with guest intrepid reporter Kid McCaw. And uh, we have Nate back live in a room. So we'll probably just sit around on a couch uh, and we'll have fun talking and, and be interspersed with, with perhaps some interviews we do on the fly there at, at Big Wow. Then next week we've agreed. Ambush interviews. Am- which is the best best kind. Let's uh, ambush Charlie Adler. Oh, I, I put that down as a special request that I wanted to ambush him, which is probably why we didn't get fulfilled. I think I used the phrase ambush. Uh, so uh, I'm going to post on his Facebook page that we want to ambush him then. Okay, um, try it. Did you say ambush <laughs> him or bug him? Uh, no. The, the Both. Two obscure. So uh, anyway, and then next week we will be at our regular time and and – Apparently, we'll have special guests next week, which is kind of awesome, but I have to catch up on their books. So we're going to pack a lot in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, who knows? Because heaven knows there might be summer hiatus times because it's summer. You never know. And so we gotta, we'll got to we just pack in as much goodness as we can. There we go. So, uh, so there, we, there we are. Plus, I'm going to be experimenting with uh, a new. Oh, no. I worry about this. Apple pushed out a new version of GarageBand, which is why I've been using it to master the show. Okay. That doesn't support a lot of podcasting stuff. So I had to go back to the previous version again to get to, to recover files that I, I reuse. And I may move to the, uh, the Adobe. Um, What's the Adobe uh, program? Audition. Is oh. this what is this uh, all of your Facebook posts about Apple based on this? Oh, Apple's been doing nothing but delight me lately. <laughs> Somehow I find facetious there. An yeah. audition or Audacity? Have you just tried Audacity? No, Audacity is a different product. It's yeah, from Adobe Freeware. Uh, so anyway, uh, well, just keep listening and you'll find out. And of course, you, if you want to listen, the good news is that it's only it's going to only sound better. Guaranteed. Great. The good news is I'm trying to get a roll going so we can get out of here. Go, go, go. Uh, yes, thanks. Uh, if you are listening, of course, and continue to listen, you can find us on iTunes. And please, despite what we just said about Apple, that's okay. You can listen on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Tell your friends. Rate us. We love hearing, getting your feedback. Not just an email, but we'd like Apple to get the feedback because the more people subscribe, the higher we go on the list, the more people can actually find us. Same thing works with Stitcher. I haven't checked our Stitcher stats for quite a while, but you know, we, I know we're there. I know that people listen to us through there, so continue, please, and tell your friends. You can also find us at www.fanboyplanet.com, where we got a lot of goodness, not just the podcast itself, but a lot of articles that we're referencing back to you. Pictures. A lot of videos get posted there, a lot of pictures. 
some great stuff out of WonderCon and still a lot of stuff out of WonderCon and Salt Lake City Fan Experience. My buddy over there sent me a whole bunch of pictures. It takes me a while to process through. We're going to be running a lot. And then Big Wow's adding, so there's going to be so much stuff. So uh, if you've got any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. While you're on the website, of course, it also suggests if there's something you heard about on this site and you cannot find it at your local comic book store, please feel free to use the Amazon link because we get a little bit of a kickback and it helps support. The other thing is if you like this and you want to help support because you're saying, you know, all this free entertainment, it takes me a while to listen to it, but I've enjoyed it. Please feel free to make a donation on PayPal and that just really goes to covering our hosting expenses. So, uh, and by hosting expenses, I mean the online web hosting expenses, not like, oh, Yes, we're paying. The lady fingers mortgage. were delicious. They were fantastic. I love the cock more. Yes. Uh, anyway, so there we are. Uh, we'll be back next week at some point. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Dave Costa, and I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your use powers, your powers only, only for good. good. I never give up and I never surrender. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you! Pretty much obvious stuff that people are going to want to talk about. Uh, I, I hereby declare this the uh, first uh, meeting of the Futures End support group. Those of us who will not be buying into the weekly crossovers of DC, yeah. even though we are zombies who Nate normally do. got off do. the cheapest, I think. And he didn't even get the free comic, I think. No, he I got did. the free comic. He did. I, I got the get, free one. Did you buy number one? Absolutely not. No, okay. I, did you, well done. Derek, did you buy number oh, one? Oh, yeah, I bought number one. Okay, so he got the cheap. Yeah, yeah. I bought I, number two as well. I bought number one. I read it and went, this is DC Universe Online. This is the plot. Yeah. And this is no... Mm, combined with 52. I mean, I reviewed yeah. it last week. It's it's actually it's actually Days of Future Past. That's what Perry said. It was Days of Future Past for... But, yeah, the... But it's still... But the frame was still... To, we can talk. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about it. Um... And then we'll just go right to what's in the bag. I really don't have any comics news because uh, we're getting ready for Big Wow and and uh, all the damn things I have to buy and read because we've got interviews with people lined up. Yeah. Uh, Manifest Destiny, uh, the trade paperback, came out at 10 bucks today, so it's in my box waiting for me to buy uh, this week. So Here we go. Now I've got it at 214. There we go. Um, isn't there something else in movies? Fourteen. Well, Godzilla. I'm gonna have to talk a little bit about it. Well, but I'll, be, about I'll be very spoiler free. Um, I can't wait to go see it.
Uh oh, your lack of enthusiasm makes me. Uh... No, your lack of enthusiasm made me. Uh... <laughs> what made me was I can't wait to go see it. it. I know. And then, like... he, then he was check, checking your lack of enthusiasm, saying we're going to talk <laughs> it's about like, it. It's like, Nate, we're going to talk to you about this concept of affect. Uh... <laughs> like, um, but how can you tell Nate's excited? You have to watch his palms. Yeah, that they they tingle, they glow. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, Nate. I I wanted to like it more than I did, but the guy I, I took my buddy Adam from work, who's a friend of Lon's, and he loved it. So you know, it was just more like, was it better than the 1998 version? Oh God, yes. Okay. And yet, and I also said that Donka Shane play any time during the movie. No, uh, I also uh, no. I'm going to save my probably best punchline for for the uh, thing. Nah, you know, it was fine. I mean, you know, it, it could slim down. Godzilla could afford to uh, lose could a do few, some crunches. A I, well, I'm thinking. I haven't read any behind Treadmill. the scenes stuff. Is like, was that their logic? Was that like a, a thing that big would be? You know, you know, heavy that, that, that would be, would be a, you know, bottom heavy. But oh, even, so, yeah. but even so, he's just kind of like. Oh, it doesn't work for giraffes. Everything, yeah, right. So, but giraffes aren't that ridiculously big either. <laughs> They're not radioactive either. That's the thing, man. Wouldn't it be awesome if, like, you did like the frat version of God's Fratzilla, and instead of a radioactive breath, he had radioactive farts. Mm. Let's I, make it. Yeah. When did you start channeling? Great. When did you start channeling Jason, Jason Salazar? Salazar? <laughs> Because I really want to make a short film, and I really want to do—I want to do Squirrel Foon. I Um, I think that works as long as when the farts come out, it makes the Godzilla roar sound. No, 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 absolutely, (laughs) just comes out the other end. Yeah, Um, that's all I'm saying. Um, A bunch of chairs, a bunch of melted chairs. Okay, we'll bring that back up. We'll talk about it. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, okay, let's just begin, shall we? I I think this actually turned the way I'm looking at this. It looks like it's the TV preview. um, It it mostly first of the TV previews. And we kind of we can kind of gush over what it what an awesome TV season looks like. And I'm not even getting forward. to the things that aren't that. This is amazing. when you look at this one, two, three, four, five, right. six, seven on the on four ma- five major networks. Right, seven shows, and there's that are, more that are comic book. That's right, because what they're not talking about is Preacher still coming. Yeah, um, there's still something else coming. There, this there's still two cartoon stuff. What? When's the Netflix stuff? It's just said 2015. They have not given yeah. a release date at all. So I'm just saying, right now, this week, we can talk about this, and then put up the chart. And then and this is just the comic-related stuff. Right, and, there's there's also and there's other... so much genre-related stuff that's interesting, too. But I haven't had time to go into that, because <laughs> I've been too busy going like, uh, you know, Nate, did you just see that they were just released, I mean, like an hour ago, the trailer with um, Flash out running Arrow's Arrow? Yeah, Norm uh, Ratman posted it. Yeah, his. so, Watch you that. know, there it is. And I'm, I'm going, okay. Okay, you know, I it, it's more kid flash to me the way that went, but that's yeah, all right. Yeah, but you know, I'm also but that's fine for let's talk. Let's talk about yeah, it. Let's talk about it on the air. Let's go. All right, Nate, you ready? I'm ready. Wait, whenever you point at me, I will go. In three, two, one. <laughs> 